Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Barbell Chirocast. I am your host, Dr. Seth Myers, a sports chiropractor in Sherman, Texas. And uh, today's episode, I'm going to talk about uh, traction for the low back. And so, uh, similar to some of the other episodes I've done in the past, um, I'm going to take a look at traction in terms of what does the evidence tell us, and uh, maybe how we can utilize it in care or when we have uh, low back pain ourselves. So moving right along. So there's two uh, studies that I'm going to talk about with this one, and this shouldn't be more than I would say 15 minutes or so. But both of these studies are actually um, reviews or systematic review, um, where basically with a systematic re- review, what you're doing is you're collecting all the randomized controlled trials that. Uh, are done on uh, any given topic that you're looking at uh, to see if they look pretty similar in terms of how the study was done. If they look pretty similar, well, we can kind of pool the results to get a you know broad scope, big picture idea of what all the research says about a topic. That's kind of what a systematic review is. So in this review, um, this was in 2013, uh, Wegner uh, and colleagues, um, they reviewed 32 randomized control trials that were involved, and that included almost 3,000 participants, so 2,762, which is a decent amount of people, and not a huge, huge, huge sample size, but pretty dang good. Um, And uh, I'll just kind of read the conclusion uh, real quick. So these findings indicate that traction either alone or in combination with other treatments has little or no impact on pain, intensity, uh, functional status, global improvements, and return to work among people with low back pain. And it says there's only limited quality evidence from studies with small sample sizes and moderate to high risk of bias. So basically, uh, those sentences there tell us that it it might not really have much of an effect, uh, little to no impact, whether you're using it just by itself or in conjunction with other treatments. So... um, This is actually one of the topics, um, and we get into the next review, I'll talk about this, but this uh, traction is something I get asked about a ton. So uh, a lot of people, even myself, you know, from time to time, it just feels good to allow things to kind of decompress. And maybe I should take a step back to kind of talk about what traction is. So um, traction itself uh, is basically when you're trying to take the spine uh, and separate or elongate the spine such that you're kind of decompressing uh, segments so the joints, the discs, things of that nature are getting less pressure on them or less weight, right? And so in theory uh, or mechanically speaking that should make sense to help alleviate maybe some pain especially if you're dealing with disc type uh, symptoms. Um, But when we kind of pool the data and this review actually was with or without sciatica, meaning pain kind of going down the back of the leg. When we take a look at the data, it just doesn't necessarily hold up. Um, and then so uh, kind of first glance at, and my own bias going into this was that traction, meh, you know, probably not something that really is going to be something we should really put a whole lot of uh, weight into. And I still kind of feel that way. Um definitely don't necessarily recommend going out and spending absurd amounts of money on it. So if there's somebody claiming that one of these machines is is going to, you know, be the, the thing that's going to help cure your low back pain, I'd be a little skeptical of that. Um, and then especially when you start 
uh, adding that plus other things going on. Is it the traction that made you better? Is it the other things they did like exercise or maybe lack of activity outside of what you're normally doing? You know, if they tell you to stop exercising as a whole, maybe it was just the fact that you stopped doing stuff that made you better, not necessarily the treatment of the traction that you're getting. So things of that nature. Um, but anyway, so yeah, this, this first review, um, back in 2013 tells us that, um, you know, not very great quality evidence, uh, small sample sizes in the studies that have been done in the past and, uh, seems to have not super great effects. Um, but then that led to this more recent study. This is in 2018. Um, so this is the assessment of variability and traction interventions for patients with low back pain, uh, systematic review. And so this one, as I was actually reading the full text study, I started to become a little less uh, harsh of traction as a whole. Um, <clears throat> and so with this one, I'll read the conclusion uh, briefly, but then I'll kind of jump back into some main bullet points of this one. So the conclusion is uh, there is wide variability in the type of traction, traction parameters, and patient characteristics found among uh, the randomized controlled trials of lumbar traction. The variability may call into question the conclusion that lumbar traction has little or no value in clinical outcomes. Also, this variability emphasizes a the need for targeted delivery methods of traction that match appropriate dosages with specific subgroups of patients with low back pain. Um, so that conclusion kind of matches up with the one we said earlier. Um, so, you know, not really amazing outcomes. Nothing seems super great, little or no clinical valuable uh, outcomes there. Um, so again, face value doesn't really look that astounding, but we kind of actually do a little bit of a dive into the paper as a whole. Um, the things that we break down are, so if you talk about traction, there's actually a handful of different types of traction that you can do. And so a lot of people might be, especially if you're, you know, someone at home dealing with low back pain, one thing you might have access to is, uh, 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 a traction machine where you can just do self-traction where you're uh, going on an inversion table uh, basically just hanging upside down flipping upside down on a table and allowing gravity to, to provide the traction so that's one type of traction and with that obviously your body weight is going to dictate how much traction you actually get and uh, so that's one thing the study mentioned was the fact that there isn't a great standard for what traction really is how much should be applied to what angle you know should you flip all the way upside down so your body is literally 180 degrees you know your head's uh basically facing the ground or should you flip it such that it's at a 60 degree angle um, so on and so forth and then there's other types of traction so there's uh these beds that you can lay on where we've got a roller uh style thing that'll kind of roll up and down your back and they will typically uh, call that segmental traction to where it's trying to traction segments more individually, not necessarily all at the same time. Um, so that's another method. And then um, obviously just getting in the water, uh, aquatic traction, you know, that's something that can be done. And then a much more popular one in the chiropractic world is um, some sort of mechanical traction where you are hooked up to a device and this device is literally pulling. Well, you're usually strapped in such that one part of your body, let's say your upper body can't move. And then there's another part that is strapped onto something that can move like your lower body and it pulls so that you can get a tractioning uh, effect 
throughout the spine. <clears throat> so that's probably what you'd see more specifically in an office. Um, and the reality is when we say the word traction, it kind of pulls all those different things together. And so when we pull it all together, there's not necessarily any one thing that really stands out to be really great. Um, even individually, I don't think there's any one thing that's super great. But again, kind of trying to be super uh, like transparent about uh, what this paper told us is there seemed to be in the RCTs themselves patients who responded pretty well and patients who didn't to any of these types of traction. Um, and so again, as I was reading through this, this is one of the things where at first I was very kind of, um, I wouldn't say skeptical, but just something that I wouldn't put a whole lot of weight into. Yes, everyone should be doing this if they've got low back pain. But as I was reading through, I, I kind of made the decision, you know, maybe, you know, it's not a bad thing for someone to, if they've got an inversion table, try it for a couple of minutes. Um, and the reality is if it is something that's going to be beneficial to you and your low back, then you'll figure that out you know, when you get on the table itself to do some traction. So if you don't feel some sort of change or you don't feel an improvement or you're not, you know, able to do more stuff functionally after a couple of sessions, I would say, yeah, it's probably not going to be something that's going to work out long term. Um, now, flip side to that, um, if you are somebody who can get a little bit of relief from it, you know, you can kind of play around with the specific parameters. Maybe you've got an inversion table at home, so you can go upside down and you can kind of mess around with is two minutes better than five minutes for me, um, so on and so forth. Um, and if it was me, I would try and dial in what is the least amount that I can do to get the most benefit. So do I need to hang out upside down for 15 minutes or can I hang upside down for two minutes and I feel just about the same as if I did that for 15 minutes? That's going to be more specific. Um, to the individual. But again, I can't stress enough that from what this research tells us is number one, there's not really a standard of care for um, the type of traction we're doing, you know, how much weight should be pulled on you. Um, and number two, there's not really a great standard for time either. So should you do it for 30 seconds? Should you do it for five minutes? Like I just said, should you do it for 15? Um, and then that brings up a big point. They even mentioned it in this paper. Um, any any standards that are kind of out there currently with some of the different machines that people are using are pretty much just kind of uh, made up. I mean, I hate to be too much of a, of a Debbie Downer, but a lot of the uh, standard operating procedures for how long, how much pressure, all that stuff, is there's not really a whole lot in terms of any evidence that is leading you know, th those decisions. Um, which really just kind of comes back to, you know, if you try it on your own once or twice and it feels pretty good, then you're probably going to be someone to, who responds to that. And then once you know that you can respond to that, then you can kind of dial in maybe how much um, is good for you. Um, and I'm kind of talking about self-care, obviously. Um, <clears throat> if you're going to a clinic and you have tried the traction machine at the clinic and it's been anywhere from one to five sessions and you don't really notice much of a benefit, I would say, yeah, that's probably enough times of getting that treatment to, to kind of rule it out as being something that's going to be super beneficial. Um, so, so yeah, so if you're somebody who's um, maybe been told that you need 24 visits of this thing and, uh, you know, it takes this much pressure and builds up to this much pressure and, you know, there's really just nothing behind that. It's, just, it's kind of uh, pulling 
uh, at straws, grasping at straws, just to kind of come up with the actual um, uh, procedure. And, and, and I would say, you know, show me where the protocol for this is, because again, a lot of that is kind of just arbitrary. Um, so uh, wrapping this up, uh, is traction going to be the thing that's going to help you out? Uh, potentially, but I wouldn't necessarily put it super high on my list of things to do. Um, I would try and, you know, push for just being generally more active, you know, going on walks, things of that nature might be a better uh, option uh, to try and help with some low back discomfort than, than a passive modality such as traction. And then um, if we figured out that it works for us, we can dial in maybe the best, uh, uh, you know, uh, time and weight that is used per person. And then once we've got those things, you know, if we have a little bit of a window of time where we feel better after doing traction, I would then opt for doing some rehab care to kind of strengthen up, um, not just core muscles, but entire, uh, lower limbs, uh, midsection, uh, the whole nine. Um, because a lot of the research at the end of the day, when you're talking low back pain, long term, we're going to get our best results if we can add in some exercise care. Um, so, uh, that's my hot takes on traction. If you've got any questions about that, um, or maybe you've got a topic that you'd love me to talk about in the future, I can do a little um, diving into the, the research and kind of give my impressions on it. Um, but that's kind of, uh, you know, my takes on traction, not super uh, astounding, um, not as great as I, even I hoped it would be nice because then it'd be something we could, you know, seriously recommend. Um, but to date, we just have, don't have uh, great evidence to say that, yes, it's going to be that thing that's going to help get you totally out of pain. Um, but anyway, this has been the Barbell Chirocast. If you're not already following me, you can follow, obviously subscribe to the podcast, but follow me on Instagram. So at barbell underscore Cairo and uh, shoot me a, a message if you've got any questions or something, a topic that you want covered and I'll do my best. Thanks. Bye-bye.